Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah. I, I need friends. Suicide Squad cast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. That's right. We are all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and the small screens, and we want to make sure that we talk all about it. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Scott. And I am Tim, and we are the Suicide Squad cast. So, Scott, this is um this is us pre-recording an episode. Yes, it is, because you're going to be out of town, which means that you just you just don't care enough about the show to, <laughs> to be here to record an act. Actual episode. So just putting that out there for all the listeners. Yes. And as I always say, like, you know, when I'm traveling out there, I'm usually cutting into, I'm literally cutting into dead people. <laughs> so. Which just makes me glad that we've actually never met IRL. <laughs> so you know what? We're just good. Okay. Yep. So yeah. So guys, we've been talking about this for quite a while. We knew we were going to be doing a listener Q&A, an all listener Q&A show. And uh, Scott, I don't know, at the last count, I think we literally have about 60 to 70 questions. <laughs> that we got from our listeners. Yeah, we're not going to get through all of that because no. the last time we did a Q&A, it was like 52 questions. I think it was like a two and a half hour episode. Yeah. It was insane. And that was like after our first like three or four months of being a podcast. And I think we collected those questions over a period of like, I don't know, like two months or so. Yeah. And then we got like 60 questions in like a month. Yeah. Well, in this one, like we literally just put out a couple notices on Twitter and then we announced it on the show and all that. And we just were getting like tons and tons of questions. And it was kind of like, fun at first and then after a while it's kind of like going uh oh <laughs> this is a lot of questions scott so basically the the goal is we're going to record for an hour we're going to get through as many questions as we can in an hour and then we're cutting it off and we're going to save the rest of the questions for the next time we're going to do a q a episode so yeah i mean originally guys we were planning on doing the entire q a all in one giant episode like we were making jokes that we were going to be like you know weird science dc length you know it's gonna be like a several hour episode and all that but i mean we like we don't have time this weekend, so we're going to give this an hour. We're going to drop this episode next week, and we are still going to go through all the rest of the questions, but we just will be dropping that probably within the next, I don't know, two to three weeks, I would guess. You know, we'll, we'll do this again uh, the next time we record on a weekend. We'll record some more, and we'll drop some more. So, sound good, guys? I, Tim, 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 they, they can't. <laughs> I don't no think you understand how radio works. <laughs> okay. I thought we were doing Skype. I don't get this. Anyway. Oh. Uh, so, guys, let's go ahead and get to this thing. Why don't you lead us off here? Me? Well, okay. Well, our first question comes from Claire, from Claire Stanfield. Uh, this is from Twitter. Uh, Suicide Squadcast for the Q&A podcast. Do you think we'll have any chance of seeing Dr. Fate in the DCEU anytime soon? Well, this is an easy one to answer. Mm, soon? No. Soon? No. Yeah. No. No. No, no time soon. I don't... Unless they eventually use him in some way in that Dark Universe movie that we have not heard anything thing about in a while um i no i don't see dr fate showing up anytime soon eventually anything's possible but not not right now so we know it's scott rudin who's actually producing that dark universe and we know he was pretty actively working on something so but it has been awfully quiet so who knows really where that project stands right now but if we were going to see dr fate anywhere it would be that you know justly dark slash uh, dark universe film and and i think if we do get that film i I think there's a high probability we'll see a Dr. Fate.
great. The only, well, the only downside though, I, I want to do say this. The only downside though is, you know, we just had Doctor Strange out, and would there be hesitation on Warner Brothers' part to put out a character that will easily be compared to Doctor Fate? And uh, who knows? What, what do you think? Do you think they would hold off just because of hey, that? Hey, they're they're doing Dark Side, even though Marvel is doing Thanos. Yeah. So I, um, if they're willing to go Dark Side route in those comparisons being made, even though Dark Side came long before Thanos, and we've 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 chronicled this discussion on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Thanos is a ripoff of Darkseid. We all know this, but in you know, will the comparisons be made? Yes. Oh, absolutely. But but it's such a different character, yeah, than than Doctor Strange. That uh, you know, I still remember the first time I saw him was on Superman the Animated Series. So you know, anything is possible. Yeah, you know, and, and I hope they do it because I I've loved the iconic helmet for Doctor Fate. I, I would love to see something just majestic and just some beautiful looking shiny gold helmet on the big screen. Like man, I hope it happens. So. All right, we're going to move on to the next question. This comes from Josh McKay on Twitter. And Josh asked, I have one topic for the podcast. What do you guys think of DC Rebirth Comics being free through Hoopla Digital with the trades? Um, now, I don't know. Have you tried Hoopla, Scott? I, I'm going to be honest. I can't answer this question because I have no idea what he's talking about. Okay, so what Hoopla is, is if you have uh, you know, like a, a local library, what they're doing, what they tend to do nowadays is they basically partner up with the digital service. It could be Overcast is one is it over oh, oh no overdrive. my libraries use overdrive, yeah, overdrive. Yeah, I, I know sorry. I know overdrive yeah I, I get overdrive okay it's overdrive or hoopla digital it's actually just called hoopla that's the other one right now and what I actually saw because I just recently signed up with hoopla they've got like all the DC trades on there at least I, I don't know if it's all but they've got a lot of DC trades for DC rebirth on there so you could actually borrow for free the DC rebirth trade paperbacks through hoopla and so um so what do I think of this um, I think it's fantastic I, I think more opportunity that you could give for people to just explore and read and enjoy DC, I think the better. Because, you know, I've ranted on this before. And uh, Sam Otten, you've got a question coming up, and this will probably be one of my things I answer about your question. One of my biggest criticisms of DC has been, you know, that it has, they've kind of made some of the content from DC Comics and the trade paperbacks almost price prohibitive so that people can't enjoy a lot of content. You know, they can, they can obviously buy something and read it but I mean it, it adds up pretty quickly and I think this is a fantastic way for somebody to just get you know go to their local library if their library participates now I have no idea if this is if you know if most libraries participate but all the libraries in my town there's like five or six different libraries I know they all participate in this so but this is a fantastic way to just take a library membership and sign up for this it's free doesn't cost anything and using your library service you could just go and borrow these books and so this is a great way for people to go ahead and get exposed and be able to take in more DC, which in and in the end, I think this is great because, you know, as we talked to last episode, Warner Brothers Consumer Products has had a record year because of merchandise with DC related products. And this is just another chance to give readers a um, an opportunity to get really involved and invested in the DC universe. Okay, our next question comes from Lee Nordsmanson on Twitter. Uh, will we ever see a Green Arrow? Maybe Matt Damon. Talking about in the in the film universe, so. I, I, I would assume in the film universe. It won't be Matt Damon. It won't be Matt Damon. Yeah. But I can see Green Arrow. I mean, absolutely. I, absolutely. I, I and obviously with, you know, Ezra Miller Flash right now, I you know, they're not they're embracing the multiverse, so I don't see there being an issue with, you know, Arrow on TV and then putting a Green Arrow. And honestly, I could see them doing I mean, the Arrow TV show has gotten enough flack about basically being Batman but with a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could see them doing Green Arrow 
on the big screen and then maybe doing a more comic accurate Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. You know, the the more sort of bleeding heart liberal, you know, type of Green Arrow. I could see that happening. Yeah. You know, sort of that Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, you know, era of Green Arrow. Oh, how awesome would it be to have uh, that interaction between Green Arrow and Hawkman on the big screen? <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that. I still remember that scene from Kevin Smith's run on Green Arrow. Um, d- uh, I think it's, yeah, it's during uh, Quiver, Quiver, you know, after yeah. when, when Oliver came back from the dead. Oh, that was so great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that scene from that <laughs> from that book. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think you'll definitely see it because, you know, if you kind of look at uh, the mass audience who, at least when it came, when it when it comes to the DC properties, you know, the, the people, the general audience knows Superman. They know Batman. They know Lex Luthor. They know Joker. They know, I mean, who else? Like Wonder Woman. So they know these characters. But now what's what's fantastic that's happening with DC TV audience is you're really bringing out all these characters that so many people really haven't seen. And so, you know, you're on the fifth year of Arrow right now. You know, still a really big following. I mean, the, you know, the ratings are, the ratings, you know, are not quite what they used to be on Arrow. But I mean, you got a pretty big following. You have a, you have the general audience have a pretty good familiarity and understanding and appreciation for Green Arrow. And, uh, you know, I think assuming there's no major hiccups with the introduction of the big screen version of The Flash, which is different than the TV version with Grant Gustin, as long as like, you know, there's not some like giant rebellion against that from the fans. And I don't expect that. I mean, I think you could very well see a big screen Green Arrow here soon. And I, and I think it'd be great because you, it, it would be a character that everyone recognizes. Okay. Next question. Yep. This one comes from Tyrone Pillay. And Tyrone says, you guys cast a Martian Manhunter movie. Which actor is the lead? Who is the villain? And who directs the movie? Hmm. So, you know, kind of the way I look at this thing, when it comes to casting actors for any of these roles, me personally, I'm kind of of the opinion that I, I don't get so hung up on casting. What I always ask for and what I want is I just want somebody that is just a, a really good actor. And I feel like, you know, you can take pretty much anybody who, you know, just has great acting chops and all that, and you can put them in a role. To me, it's like more about how that person can act on the big screen rather than what they look like. You know, you always see a lot of these fan castings um, for certain characters, and they always like pick actors that look, you know, very much like the uh, the source material character and all that. And, and well, in this case, I mean, they're, they're going to be hard pressed to find an actor that looks a lot like Martian Manhunter. But I, I think when it comes down to it, you know, like if you're going to pick an actor, I probably want somebody with a deep voice. I want somebody that's tall and imposing. And yes. beyond that, you know, I don't really have any major preference. I don't know. Do you, how about you, Scott? Not, no, I, I don't get into fan casting it's not my thing um the tricky question here is like who would the villain be i don't my knowledge of martian manhunter is basically limited to justice league cartoon and supergirl <laughs> so i don't i mean i know he's got the white martians i know he's got that last son of saturn guy who he's fought before i am just not that i don't go deep b-side with martian manhunter to really know a villain. I also don't see a Martian Manhunter solo movie. I see a Martian Manhunter as a supporting character in an ensemble film. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so I mean I, I think we're in agreement on this. I mean I, I don't see a Martian Manhunter movie anytime soon, if if ever. <laughs> you know, I, we may see one in an animated film. I could see that happening. That um, I can see, yeah. yes. Yeah, so I mean when it comes to actor, I don't really care. Um, I want him to have a deep voice. <laughs> That's about the only thing. Aside from that, don't really care so much, uh, honestly. Uh, as for who's going to direct it, so 
if we're talking like live action, I mean, I don't know, anybody that is very familiar with, um, you know, doing like motion capture or anything like that, um, you know, I think that's what you'd want to do probably with Martian Manhunter. So uh, aside from that, I mean, geez, there's a, there's a million great directors out there that could that could do this. So I guess I really have no preference. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Tyrone. That was probably not the kind of answer you're looking for, but we just... We failed you. We, 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 have, we have failed you, Tyrone. Uh, our next question comes from Ryan Cameron on Twitter. Uh, pitch your dream version of Ben Affleck's Batman. Okay. <laughs> Ironically, this was sent in <laughs> before all the news happened. <laughs> well, um, he's still Batman at this point, as far as we know. Yeah, okay. But, okay, my dream solo Batman movie is a noir-style mystery. I will tell you one of my favorite Batman movies of all time is Mask of the Phantasm. I love that movie. And it has a mystery, and it's moody, and it got the noir the way the animated series did it. And I like the idea, if he's going to be the world's greatest detective, I want a mystery at the center of the story. And I want it to be smoky, and dark, and shadow. And I, I, I want it to be like a film new, a superhero film noir with a mystery at its core of the story. That is my dream of an eventual Batman solo. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, and for me, I think I would say it like this. I've already had my dream solo Batman film, and that's Batman Begins. That is my all-time favorite Batman film of all time. I mean, to me, it's like, it has everything that I've always wanted to see, which was like a true origin film of Batman. Um, you know, phenomenally directed by Christopher Nolan and, you know, Christian Bale's actor. I mean, it was just, it, it, it was such a nicely paced, for me, story. And uh, so I've already kind of had that version. So uh, beyond that, if I was going to pick anything else, I, I would love to see Court of Owls uh, done yes. as a as a, as a singular Batman film, or maybe a couple films. But I mean, how beautiful would that be if you had, you know, and if you're familiar with the Court of Owls story, I mean, just even the beginning where he's first discovering that there was all these different, you know, owl nests, basically, all around Gotham and, and trying to uncover what the secret society was. I mean, that would just be a beautiful thing, you know, not really focused in on, you know, your classic villains, but really more of a, a, a mystery of like a secret society. I, I think that would just be a lot of fun to watch. I think that would play into the, into what I was saying about like what my Batman movie would be. I think the I think something like the Court of Owls fits into that quite nicely. So, and I would love if we were going to talk about like an Elseworlds world's Batman. I would love to see Gotham by Gaslight. All right. Um. Now this one comes from we'll just say Watchmen, and uh, this is our uh, this is our friend over in Germany, right? Yeah, Germany. Batboy, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. So Watchmen, you ask, do you want Krypton to be a DC EU show? Question mark. The production budget seems to be massive. Do you want a DCEU TV show overall. Okay, so we've talked about this before in the past, and um, I personally, putting aside my love for DC and all that, I just love a good um, thought-provoking science fiction show. Like, when it comes down to it, like Battlestar Galactica, you know, the most recent incarnation, was such a fantastic and compelling show. Like, So say we all. So say we all. <laughs> That's right. So if, if we had something like that, I don't care if it's Krypton or if it's uh, Battlestar Galactica or, or Expanse or any other of these other kind of like science fiction shows like I, I don't care what it is I just w- I want something that tells a really good and compelling story so if Krypton can be that show that's fantastic but I mean me personally I would put I, I would put you know it being a good show over it being something necessarily tied to the DC universe like to me you know that's lesser important now would I want it to be both absolutely and would I want it to be connected to the DCEU I think 
I think I would be okay with that because it's not like there's going to be any like real strong direct ongoing connections. There's really not. I mean, this is just going to be historically tied to like say Man of Steel, you know, what we saw in there. So I'd be okay with it. But uh, ultimately in the end, if it's not a real consequential um, relationship between the film universe and Krypton, a TV show, I don't think it really matters so much. No, that's my answer <laughs> to that question. I mean, <clears throat> do you want a DCEU TV show overall? No, I don't. I, I, I don't I don't want I don't want it because it, it, this is where the criticism comes in and, and I'm not throwing shit at Marvel because I watch all of it. I watch Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. I watch all the Netflix series. I watch all the movies. But the movies do not recognize the shows. The TV shows recognize the movies. They quote unquote exist in a connected universe but it's a very one way relationship and I find that bothersome sometimes. So I love DC's stance of it's a multiverse and we're going to treat it as such and we don't have to worry about any of these other places playing nice with anything else. So I don't want a DCEU TV show. I want if I if it's going to be part of the DCEU, I want it to be big budget on my movie screen, you know, slap down my 15 bucks and give me my two, two and a half hours of enjoyment. If it's going to be TV, let it be TV. Give me my, you know, once a week dip, daily dip and let it be its own thing. You know, CW can do their connected universe because they're all on the same network and they're over three nights of the week. That's fine. But no, I do not want a TV show that is supposedly or supposed to be connected to the DCEU. That's my answer to that question. Yeah. And so I would agree. I do not want a show that's connected uh, to the DCEU. I would marginally accept it if it didn't really have any strong threads of connection. And that's where if like a, a, a Krypton show set in the past, you know, that'd be fine. It's not going to really affect one thing or the other. So I, I wouldn't really care. But but my point would be if there's not going to be strong threads, then why have any threads at all? That's kind yeah. of my point. Sure. Okay. Watchman also asks, should Justice League open up the DCEU in a big way? Name drop Kandak. Uh, Bruce asks Oliver, Constantine should join in in the Justice League. Um, do I like the idea of expanding the world as in we name drop a few more places, especially places like Kandak that's going to tie into a Black Adam movie or a Shazam and that kind of thing. I'm all for that. I don't want to see more characters jumping in on this movie because I feel like we really need to deal with the team coming together and Superman coming back. But if we're talking about piecing together more DC locations, absolutely. I'm all about that because I really do see Justice League as sort of the the launching off for what the rest of the DCEU is going to be. And so that's my opinion on that question. Yeah. Um. So I, I would kind of take it further. Like, I, I don't have a problem with kind of building the universe a little a little bit more, you know, with Kandak and that kind of thing. Uh, but would I want the question here, Bruce, you know, would you want Bruce to ask Oliver Constantine to join the Justice League? I don't want that at this point, you know, maybe down the road. But, uh, you know, we're just kind of starting off with forming this team. And, and I think you really need to spend the time really focusing in on developing those characters, you know, because you got to remember um, DC Films and Warner Brothers are really not going out of their way to build up these characters through solo films. And so, you know, if you're going to be doing it through like a team film, um, you got to really give them a chance to have some screen time and all that. So, you know, we don't need to 
to see additional characters at this point. You know, we, we got time for that down the road. So I, I guess that would be my answer is like, no, I don't want to see that at this point. Uh, I want to have that excitement, you know, maybe maybe with a second or a third Justice League film where we start to get some of the new characters. So I don't want to see all those in the first film. This one's you. Yep. We got one last question from from Watchman. It was actually goes by a different name now. Batman fan Deutschland, if I remember right. Uh, so, okay. This question is... It's kind of personal. It's kind of personal. Yeah. This is your Suicide Squadcast. When is your anniversary? Our anniversary is actually September 9th, 2015. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was when we dropped our first show. No, it's when we dropped it. It's not when we recorded because we were... No. We started talking like in August. I can actually tell you, whatever weekend The Man from Uncle came out, that was the first night we talked about mm-hmm. this show. Yep. So if you can go back, because I remember Tim like FaceTimed me and we were talking and then it was like, nice meeting you, dude. I need to go see the man from Uncle. <laughs> That's pretty much about how it went. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I actually, well, so that was the first time we actually talked other than through like text messages, right? Right. You, you, like, you, you were, you were, yeah. you were DMing me on Twitter after that, yeah, like, yeah. before then. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was the first time. So that, I mean, in terms of like the show, like when we dropped our first episode, it was September 9th, 2015. So yeah, we're uh, a year and not quite a year and a half yet. We're a year and four months. Yeah. So, yep. No, I did not forget. I, I, I did not forget Watchmen or yeah. Batman uh, Deutschland or whatever you want to call yourself these yep. days. <laughs> and uh, did you pay for a nice evening, Scott? I don't no, remember. No, I don't pay for anything. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. And it, are your wives jealous? This is yes. the last question. Actually, yes. Um, <laughs> guys, little, little, little tidbit here. When you have a podcast, be prepared that some people don't like it when you take time to do other things. Mm-hmm. It happens. We've actually had to call off a couple of recording sessions because I was like, if I want to stay married... <laughs> I can't record tonight, Tim. That right. has happened. <laughs> yep. And uh, I think I had, you know, uh, Jamie, you know, she's very supportive for the most part, you know, because I basically do most of my prep for the show after she falls asleep. And uh, and then on Friday nights, we record. We have a pretty consistent time. And so usually I run down here about an hour before she normally would fall asleep. So so I do cut a little bit into, you know, kind of like our time together. But she's pretty supportive for that, that little bit of time. But I did have one day. <laughs> I remember. I remember this day. I remember this day. <laughs> what do you remember, Scott? Oh, I just remember getting a phone call. It's like, I can't record tonight. It's not going to happen. Can, <laughs> can we please do it the, t- tomorrow night? Um, It's not going to happen. <laughs> and I was yeah, just like, it's not going to happen. And you had one of those as well. Oh, oh I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So guys, uh, the things we do for you. <laughs> We put our marriages at risk, but uh, it's 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 worth it, right? Why does Tim always feel like he has to guilt you guys? I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's like he's the wife. I don't understand. All right. Take the next question, Scott. Okay. Ooze, uh, or UZ from Twitter, asks, first question, The Rock talked about tonal shifts in the DCEU. What do you think this means? Plus, is it a good idea? Um, I think it means that they are listening to the criticisms that the earlier movies got, and they were already planning on tone shift anyway, but they're probably pushing it a little bit more to try to appeal to a little bit broader of an audience. And so do I think that's a good idea? Yes. I mean, you can't keep you can't keep making movies that a significant chunk of the fan base does not enjoy. If you're trying to make a product that is going to... It, it, it's a mass appeal product. So that's my thing. No, that's not to say I do. I love Man of Steel. I love BVS. I'm okay with Suicide Squad. Um, but do I think that a shit... 
tweaks can be made here or there, yes. Mm-hmm. And, I, think, and yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, and this is my ask of Warner Brothers and DC Films. It, I have no problem with doing like a tone shift. I just don't want you to lose the complexity and the, the layered stories that you're telling. Like, that's the stuff I really enjoy. You can do that with varied tones. And, you know, if if the if the tone of like, say, Batman v Superman was just too much and, and uh, and if Warner Brothers looks at that and says, look, you know, we want we want more mainstream acceptance of this product. And if you want to go ahead and shift that tone away, but a little bit away from the, the, the more darker story there, that's fine. I just want them to maintain all the varied, interesting components of the films that they've done up to this point. You know, like I've said, you know, many times in the past, we've said, it, uh, you know, when you have a film that you just continue to just keep talking about and pouring over and, you know, we've got podcasts out there that that make basically a career out of analyzing these films. I mean, we got you know, Man of Steel Answers. Yeah, Doc Awkward does on uh, Man of Steel Answers, a fantastic podcast. If you haven't listened to it, um, Sam Martin over on uh, Just League Universe podcast. I mean, and don't forget Alejandro with Sam. Alejandro, they, yeah, sorry, I forgot Alejandro. So, I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't know that you're you're seeing this on other films in a genre where you have people that can just really kind of pour over like um, the the artistry of what they've done in these films. And so, so anyway, I guess that's kind of like uh, I guess that's kind of our answer. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with tone shifts just you know it's it's going to happen and, and and i would also say this it's like you know when you go from one character to another it's completely okay to have different tones there it's a completely okay to have tone shift you know uh changes as well and i don't think anyone's going to be the least bit surprised when we get a dwayne johnson film that's going to be kind of very dwayne johnson ish <laughs> wouldn't you hey, say i if i got dwayne johnson in the movie that's what i want i mean let's, right. let's be honest yeah. I'm, like, I, I'm being average i'm being sold a product here i i want my right. i want the product i expect from the product yeah. All right, moving on to the next one. Uh, this also comes from Ooze. So the question is about the supposed bias of comicbook.com, who, and I'm just quoting here, clearly rigged the best comic book movie of 2016 poll. Batman v Superman had 18,000 ahead of, and this was what, uh, Civil War yeah, with so one hour to go. Um, do you think there is bias? Um, so I remember when this came out, and I remember seeing the poll. Um, I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea if there is bias or what there might have been. And honestly, I would just say this to you guys, of anyone who really kind of cares about that poll, I would say don't care about it because it's an online internet poll. Those things are one of the most meaningless things you could ever have, honestly. Because, you know, you could take any kind of online poll and if you just find, if you can get the right base of people energized to go run and uh, hurry up and go vote for something, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a fair representation of of what the overall population would think. So I don't care. I honestly don't care. Comicbook.com can do whatever they decide with their poll or their, because I, I think they had this tied to some like, uh, they were calling out their awards. I don't know if they had a name for it, but it, it to me, it was like, okay, I, it, it's it's kind of meaningless to me. So uh, I don't really care if, if they're going to put out a poll and if they're going to say that that has all the weight in the world for how these little awards of theirs gets handed out and that they decided not to follow it, that's on them. You know, they're going to have to be the ones to answer for it. So, um, I don't know, Scott, do you care at all? No. No. I don't have the <laughs> so, bandwidth to care. Yeah. All right. Take the next one. All right. Ross Flowers on Twitter asks, when do you think we'll get our first look at Green Lantern in the DCEU? Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart? Mm. Great mm. question. That's a great question. I, I, 
when do I think or when do I want? Those are two completely mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping for a hint in Justice League. Yes, me too. And I think it'll be Hal Jordan. I know that the treatment that they're working on right now is going to be a buddy cop movie between Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. But it sounds like that's going to be like Jon Stewart is the newbie being trained by Hal Jordan. So I feel like we have to get Hal Jordan first. But but that's just... I don't know if that's legitimately a way, how I think it's going to happen or if that's just a how I want it to happen. I think it's more like how I want it to happen. Yeah. So I also, I think, and maybe it's more hope, I hope we do get a surprise cameo in Justice League. I have no idea if that's going to happen or not, but that's kind of where, like, if, you know, if, if I was kind of plotting the course here, I would give, like you said, Scott, a little at least hint. But I mean, to me, it would be even just a small, like, little cameo. And uh, I, I think that would kind of set the world on fire uh, if they do that in Justice League. But we have no idea what their plans are. You know, I, I think their plans at this early stage in a DCEU is kind of fluid, you know, as they're, you know, trying to figure out exactly where they want to go. Um, do I look like a guy who has a plan? <laughs> yeah. So but anyway, um, so yeah, I think if we did see somebody, I'm kind of 50-50 that it would be um, either Hal, Hal uh, Jordan or John Stewart. Like, I, I don't know that it has to be Hal, to be honest with you. I think if, you know, if, if they use a John Stewart character who is going to look even less like Ryan Reynolds, I think maybe that might be the better way to introduce um, Green Lantern back into, you know, into film. But who knows? Okay. Uh, our next question comes from Sam Otten himself. Oh, my yes. goodness. From the Justice League Universe podcast. Of course, he tweeted you. I mean, he didn't tweet the show or me or anything. So, you know, I see how it is. Well, I see how it is, Sam. Um, he knows where his bread is buttered. <laughs> that just sounds so wrong. Okay. For your Q&A show, what's your favorite topic to rant about, Winky Face? What's your favorite topic, Scott? Do I rant that much? I'm trying to uh, think. Well, while we're recording, not as much. That's true. I don't, I don't rant on air. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit. <laughs> what do you rant about, Scott? I, you? Yeah, you're my favorite thing to rant about. You know, that, that's, that's true. That's, that's true. true. That's true. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, it goes on deaf ears, but you do rant about me. Oh, that's I don't, fine. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm used to talking to a brick wall. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. I think, to be honest, and to take the question seriously, I don't do a lot of ranting only because it's not productive. So, it's one of those things where I could rant, I can yell, but it's also like cursing, into, you know, it's like spitting into the wind. It's just going to come back and hit me in the face. So, I don't rant a whole lot because it doesn't productive. And I'm such a list checker. It's like, okay, great, whatever. So, what are we going to do? Like, I'm very action-oriented in that way. So, I, I don't really know. I mean, my personal life as a teacher, oh, I can rant about stuff. It's like, you know, get me, get me, <laughs> give me 10 a.m. on a Friday morning when I've got like five hours left to go and I my cup of coffee is worn off. I'll give you a good rant about, you know, things I think are wrong. But mm-hmm. you know, like about on the show or DC stuff, it's just, well, I guess my rant is about negativity. It's like, why? Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a whole newspaper article that someone did on me for the comic book club I do at my school. It's like, I have a rant against negativity. I don't understand the obsession with making such a big deal about not liking something. If I don't like something, I just don't like it and I move on. And I spend all my time with stuff that I do like. I don't understand these people who feel obsessive about bringing up the stuff they don't like as if they have to pound everyone in a submission until everyone doesn't like it as much as they don't like it. That will get me, that is a way to get my motor running on a rant. Mm-hmm. So I think I yeah. think that's my topic. Yeah, yeah. and for me, uh, the thing that I've kind of ranted on the most, probably, I 
think I've done it on two or three occasions on this podcast. I've ranted about the cost of comics, and that's just been one of the things for me because my point is I want as many people to enjoy DC Comics as possible. And I've, I'm not ignorant to the you know the idea that you you actually have to pay these people to make these comics. I think you are ignorant of that idea. I think you I think you sometimes miss that point. But you know, no, no, no. I, I completely I completely get it. And then I understand with digital, you know, you're not manufacturing and printing out the comics, but there's still costs associated with, you know, digitizing them. And, and if you do it through comiXology, there's the cost of creating the guided view and things like that. Like, I, I get all that, guys. But for me, we see, I look at comics as kind of the, the, the golden uh, source material that has spread out to so many other things. And I would love to kind of have the reverence for comics and the creators that have just created all these incredible stories through the years that so much of what we see on the big screen and the small screen and in the video games and in merchandise and that kind of thing. All this stuff is is really has come from the creators and, you know, the writers and the artists and these people that have given us all like almost 80 years of stories with DC. I want that to still be, you know, the source, the source engine of all this great stuff that gets propagated elsewhere. And so from that standpoint, I'm sitting here right now doing a podcast talking about DC films and DC comics and DC TV shows and all that. I'm doing that simply because comics were extremely accessible to me as a child. And because I could read them, I fell in love with them. And, and honestly, I stayed out of trouble and all these other things. Like, it had such a huge impact on my life. Like, I want to make sure that kids today, especially when there's so many other distractions, um, you, you know, you've got, you know, the whole online world of all kinds of things that could entertain people. Like, I want comics to be an easy medium to, to bring people in and be able to enjoy the incredible storytelling that we get through comics. And so to do that for me and to avoid like piracy and that kind of thing, like I just want comics to be easily available financially for most people. And uh, to do that, like I would hope that once all this stuff gets propagated out to TV and to film and to video games and all that, that the money that they get from that, from using these, I guess you would say licensed products and all that, and the money that they make from that, I would love to see that actually fed back to the creators. And I and I think, you know, you know Scott, you and I, we don't know exactly to what extent that happens, but not just to go financially to the creators, but I would like to see it also to reduce the price of comics. So, so yeah, that's what I like to rant about the most. <laughs> okay, what was that, Tim? So, uh, the next question. Oh, what? what? <laughs> hmm? there, there, oh, oh, you're answering a question. Okay, okay, okay. Moving on. <laughs> All right, this is from Wei Yi, David, uh, from China. He has asked, do you think the mindset behind the many cases of dishonest DC-related journalism can be distilled out to explain a problem in Western journalism in general, including the media coverage of recent politics? So, I think what David's trying to get at, I think here, is do we think it's basically kind of a culture of, I would probably call this like profit profit media. So like the idea is that news is not about trying to report and and do what like, you know, real journalists do and to, to try to give an objective assessment of like what the news might be. It's more about trying to get attention. Yes. The answer to that question is yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I, I feel like that is... Absolutely. That, that is across the board, across the board in, I'm going to use air quotes, journalism. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, I mean, we can go on and on. But, I, th- I, I, but I just feel like, I, I, this just feels like a question that I want to go, yes, 
<laughs> yes, I do. It's not about the news. It's about the clicks. It's about the money. It's about the revenue. Right. Yep. It, it's it's not about the ideal of uh, reporting the news in the most objective way possible. Right. Yeah. And it's a little different when you look at the entertainment business. You know, it's understandable that it becomes a little less objective. I, th- you know, I think when it comes to when we talk about this genre and, and you know, like when we talk about uh, comic book movie films and that kind of thing, I think it's OK to try to grab readers to come read your article. You know, and what we've said all the time is what we always take issue with is when things are being misconstrued and things are purposely being slanted to try to draw people in and to get attention. So that's that's kind of where we really take issue when it comes to the non-entertainment related stuff. When we talk about politics and this and that, I mean, things that are a lot more serious that affect actual people's lives and all that. Uh, what's frustrating to all of us is that when media doesn't do its job and that they're more driven by covering things that are going to get them more attention and therefore more revenue. That's where it's it's actually doing a real genuine disservice to people. But when it comes to the entertainment side, fine, you know, put some compelling headlines out there, try to draw me in to read your content and all that, but just at least be fair. That's what we ask. Okay, our next question comes from Logan Wayne. Uh, he asks, "My, do you think that DC and Jeff Johns will try to connect Enchantress to the Shazam or Black Adam franchises? Remember the only way June Moon could transform was by calling out Enchantress. Plus, she said that her and her brother, or however many years, just like the great wizard Shazam who created Black Adam thousands of years ago as well. And then he says, well, that's his first question. Then he's got a second question. Uh... I don't know. I, I don't. My, my gut says no. Um, Mine too. I, I feel like that the idea of Shazam, the Wizard Shazam, the Rock of Eternity, and all that. While yes, it's magic. It's in a completely different section of magic from like Enchantress and that kind of thing. I feel like Enchantress is more just as like dark kind of material, while Shazam is Shazam. I really don't see them trying to. I would feel like it'd be like them trying to shoehorn two concepts or two characters together that don't gel. Mm-hmm. And that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that I think it looks like the Shazam film or Black Adam film, whatever it's going to end up being, uh, at this point, I think we understand it to be a Black Adam film. I kind of feel like because it's going to remain with New Line, that I think there'll be less rigid connection with the DCEU than they than you potentially could do. So, I mean, just because they're magical type characters, I don't see them necessarily uh, forcing a connection with, like, say, Enchantress or, you know, any of the other characters. Like, if we get, like, a just is like dark. I, I don't see them necessarily forcing a connection between the two because I think, you know, I just think Dwayne Johnson, when you put him in a film, you know, he's going to kind of stand out on his own. And I think that's probably the best way to use him. You know, I think when you try to shoehorn, shoehorn him into the rest of the universe and really try to, you know, overly force it in, you know, I, I think you kind of take away from what what's going to make Dwayne Johnson do good with a film and all that. So I, I kind of feel like there won't be that strong of a connection. And then his second question, question is who do you think oh no not who but do you think we'll get a surprise seventh member in the justice league movie i think this goes back to the last question i think we might get a just a green lantern cameo or at least a green lantern hint but i don't think there's going to be a full-fledged seventh member that pops up in the movie yeah i don't think there's going to be necessarily a seventh member of the justice league but i think that seventh future member will show up in justice league because this all goes back to that original image we saw of jason momoa as aquaman and it had 
this came from Zack Snyder and it had the words unite the seven, you know, so this was, well, this actually came out before Batman v Superman. So, um, it was all part of this little trilogy that Zack was doing between Man of Steel, Batman v Superman and Justice League. And I kind of feel like that's the intent. That's where it's going to lead. And, and I, I feel like we are going to see that seventh character in Justice League, probably Green Lantern, but you know, we don't know that for sure. All right. And this one comes from Jesse Jess on Twitter and Jesse asks if Kevin Smith's Superman movie was made with the cast with this cast in the 90s would it have been successful and she showed a picture of uh, so what do we have here so I think it was Jack Nicholson as Lex Luthor yeah. and uh, Jason Mewes as Jimmy Olsen <laughs> um, let's see I can't really oh yeah it's Jason Mewes I think it was the dad from from the, the dad from uh, can't believe I'm forgetting the show because I love Frasier the dad from Frasier I think was Perry White oh yeah so I mean I think I think really the question is like you know the original Kevin Smith vision of what he wanted to do you know with Superman and all that and like we know the the story there is quite famously um, there's supposedly a giant spider that he was supposed to fight and oh the Thanagarian the Thanagarian um, snare beast yes the snare beast yeah so the question is okay if this was made in the 90s would it have been successful (sighs) let's think about the 90s here so in the 90s we were kind of coming off the heels of the Schumacher Batman the 97 film 97 Batman Robin killed comic book movies for a couple of years so I I don't think it would have I I think it would have done as well as like say Batman and Robin did financially but I I think it would have wouldn't have it wouldn't have done well in the long run yeah I don't think so yeah I mean I just I kind of feel like you know that was kind of like the end of that era of thinking about how you would do a comic book film and uh you know when we when we first got uh what started off with blade and then x-men and then spider-man you know, we got yeah spider-man and then we got you know of course the uh, christopher nolan trilogy and all that i mean that really shifted for good and for in a better direction uh, where comic book films needed to go and uh so this would have been kind of the, the old era and it would have been one of the last films we would have seen <laughs> of that era okay our old friend imperious lex asked the question which sounds better academy award nominated film suicide squad or oscar nominated suicide squad i'm gonna go with <laughs> academy award nominated because technically it's the official name and it takes longer to say which just makes it more yeah. important so that's what i'm gonna go with yeah yeah i i would go with that as well so so yeah i know it was a very serious question of yours imperious lex because imperious lex is always serious we know this. always serious yes either that or always ripping on you scott Wh- which what did you do to piss off imperious lex by the way oh because i would i agreed i, I brent and i brent Br- see he doesn't go after brent but brent and i were both talking about how we were not in favor of the Zack Snyder to direct the solo Batman movie petition. Mm. And Imperious Lex loves his zaddy. And I understand that he loves his zaddy. <laughs> and I got a very stern looking zaddy face after that episode was released. But um, that's that's <laughs> what Imperious Lex was, I think, referring to. Uh, Imperious Lex cracks me up sometimes. Like, well, there was a one where I jumped on the show's Twitter account and I said something. I don't remember what it was in context to, but I, I basically said zaddy. <laughs> and so he basically you know retweeted that tweet copied it and said breaking news the suicide squad cast has used the word zaddy yes. i repeat <laughs> i saw that <laughs> use the word zaddy I saw that. <laughs> it was it was hilarious so uh imperious lex we love you keep doing what you're doing and uh keep hating scott and take your attention away from me i'd appreciate that no, no, tim 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 loves 
the attention. Tim Tim loves all the attention. <laughs> no, he, he knows he, he knows he knows where the soft spot is. <laughs> okay. Oh wow, that could go so many different ways, and I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we've got another one here from Nathan uh, Logan Wayne uh, Wobbly Boots eighty five. So Nathan asks, I know we are ramping up with the DCEU news, but I would still personally like some animated movie reviews sometime soon. Did you listen to the last episode? <laughs> I mean, we just did one. I mean, what do you want? From My us? God, why are you asking us question from like a month ago when we just did a <laughs> Justice League Dark review last episode? My goodness. <laughs> so actually, we this in all seriousness, this is a question. Yes. Yeah, we we've actually talked about this. So uh, so Scott and I, you know, we've been putting out episodes weekly and all that, but we do there, we we get some spots where we run into trouble and we just can't record and all that. So we've we've kind of talked about maybe banking some of our DC animated films and you know doing a little review, kind of putting it off on the shelf, and then at times where we get in the bind, you know, at least put something out for you guys to listen to. Um, so you can you can hear us kind of talk our nonsense for an hour. So we did up to this point. We've done the Wonder Woman film, which was like a year and a half. Ago. I mean, it was it was yeah. around. Th- it was early. On. It was early. On. It was like it was around Thanksgiving. So we started in September. It was like that November we did the Wonder Woman film, and yeah. then we just never did another one because we yeah. never had the chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've we've been pretty good up to this point, but I I think what we had talked about, Scott, and refresh my memory, we had talked about taking the the new 52 continuity and maybe just starting to bank reviews on those if you say so i don't remember that but yeah but i, I do say so of course and, you do uh, you're the producer uh, that's true and 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 if it's not true i can certainly edit it in oh yes you can uh, <laughs> so um so i think that's something we were talking about maybe doing and so uh you know we would like to do it um uh, what what's a little tough for us is you know we do focus in on trying to put out timely weekly content on you know what's kind of the big news that's kind of happened for the week and sort through a lot of the BS and just kind of really talk about the big things and all that so that's what we want to continue to try to do but we do like the idea of you know slowly kind of covering our bases and cover a lot of this other content that's been out there for a while so I think we are going to do something I can't guarantee when it's going to happen but we if we do it it'll probably be banking a few episodes uh, so that when we do get in those binds we got something we can drop to you guys. So, okay. good enough? I don't know. You have to tell us. <laughs> Nathan, good enough? Question <laughs> yeah. mark? Okay. Um, Bobby Klaus asks, what would happen if this was the BVS film we got? And he shows a picture of Henry Cavill as Superman, uh, Christian Bale's Batman, and I have no idea who that Wonder Woman is. Was that the Wonder Woman that was supposed to be that uh, pilot on TV? Uh, Adrian Adrian Pilecki? No. Yeah, that's, I have no idea i think she was the I think she was the actress who ended up playing uh mockingbird on agents of shield okay i i i, I don't know i really don't know so i have no idea i will say this uh look so let's let's talk about the two we know for sure henry cavill and christian bale um would those two have gone well together hmm no i don't think so i mean certainly christopher christopher nolan's world was very much an extremely grounded world i don't think any kind of flying character in that world would have fit at all. So, um, if you tried to plop Superman into Christopher Nolan's world, it would have rightfully so been completely out of place. Uh, vice versa, if you had tried to drop 
Christian Bale's Batman into a world where there's a, a man in a red cape flying around and an alien that could burn the whole place down if he wanted to. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it just it, there's a reason, you know, there's a reason they didn't try to continue any kind of continuity. I mean, I know, I know Christopher Nolan wouldn't have wanted that anyway because I'm sure that was always part of his deal with Warner Brothers. He wanted to have a self-contained trilogy, rightfully so, and it and it should always be that. So yeah, I don't think. Um, well, for one, I don't think it ever would have happened, and it shouldn't have happened. I guess that would be my response. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the time, Tim. I think this might be our last question of the evening. We'll take two more. Two more. Okay. Yes. Vin on Twitter asks, do you guys collect Funko Pops? I've heard it mentioned in episode I'm subscribed to DC Legion of Collectors. Awesome DC stuff. Uh, we are both subscribers to DC Legion of Collectors. Yep. Um, I'm actually getting my one year anniversary box sometime soon because they just told me it was me about too. the ship. Um, and regularly I collect uh, the DCEU stuff and the DCCW stuff. So I've got a in my classroom I've got all my Arrow and Flash pops that I have and then at home I've got all of my BVS and Suicide Squad pops so that's what that's and then I've got random other pops you know here and there like I literally just bought the Invisible Jet with the Wonder Woman pop and that was my wife's uh, Chris present so which is <laughs> which was a sweet which was a sweet Funko pop but yeah, yeah was it really for her Scott or was it for you it's not even in the house it was for her okay. classroom she has a little Wonder Woman shrine in her classroom so oh, okay fair enough fair enough uh, so yeah that that that's my answer to that but yeah, loving the DC Legion of Collectors subscription box. That has been a quality box month after month. Yeah, it really has been. That's a quality box. I mean, it's it's you know on a higher end price wise compared to like if you would did like a Loot Crate or something like that. But uh, you know for for if I mean if you're a DC fan, you're getting all DC content, which is you know what I'm more interested in. So uh, it's well worth it to me. And I never collected any kind of DC Funko Pops until I started that box. I really honestly had no interest. And then actually once I started getting them, I'm like, oh, you know, I actually goes like you know these are kind of cool <laughs> so i uh, definitely appreciate it more i mean it's and it's not as much for me but you know as a as a father with a couple of kids like they really like them so you know what i've i've enjoyed it and I, i'll go to my local comic shop uh, buymetoys.com over here and uh when i go there they just got a ton of these pops all over i mean it, it's just it's unbelievable how much they have and i'll take my kids in there and i'll say okay you can pick out one of these and and they're at a good price point and all that and so you know we usually you know, I take them there every once in a while, and so we'll we'll pick one out. And so they've been having fun with it. I, I love how you like it's for the kids. No, it's for me. It's it's totally for <laughs> me. Even though I tell you, I want to start collecting. They've started doing um, Batman the Animated Series, and oh, okay, I want to get those, especially because in Wave Two they've got a Phantasm. And like I just said earlier, I love Mask of the Phantasm, so mm-hmm. I'll have to be getting me one of those. Uh, by the way, I never got to ask in the DC Legacy box. Did you get the Crypto shirt or the Ace the Bathound shirt? I got the Crypto shirt. I wanted Ace the Bathound. See, though. I wanted crypto and i got crypto so i was so happy the, the two times they've done like the two different possible shirts i've gotten the shirt that i wanted so i was very excited what was the other possible shirt what was the other um... it was the uh it was the women of dc where you could have got the superheroine or the super villainous shirt and i got the superheroine shirt and i didn't want the super villainous shirt oh okay i didn't know that yeah because i got the superheroine one as well i didn't know there was a, a different option yeah there was one that you get like harley poison ivy and like catwoman instead of getting batgirl supergirl and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. We're going to call this one the last question for part one of a series of <laughs> listener Q&A shows. Uh, okay. This comes from at Ginger Eric 59. Oh, come on. It's let's get handsy. Come on. You got to get, get handsy. I mean, come on. Especially with the question. It, that's just perfect. 
Yeah, this is from Let's Get Handsy. So the the question is, all I want to know is what romantic relationship among heroes you see happening in the DC universe? Every movie has one. Wonder Bat. I want Wonder Bat. I'm going to be honest with you on this one. Okay, Wonder Bat. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it kind of looks like there's a little bit happening, right? I mean, there's a lot of, little bit of kind of flirting going on and a little bit of trailer we saw from Justice League. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I love that relationship from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I, yeah. I never would have considered it until I saw that series and it worked so well. And then you kind of saw them kind of doing it in BVS and I'm just like, I would be okay with Wonder Bat. Mm-hmm. So, I, okay, I, this kind of goes back to the Justice League animated series. I loved the relationship we had between Hawkgirl and Green Lantern, John Stewart. Like, yes. That's just was yes. that was like a special place in my heart. I, I, I would love to see that actually play out on the big screen. So, I, you know, if, if I'm looking for something, I, I'd kind of hope to see that. I mean, obviously, you know, when we talk about some of the classic ones, you're going to see like Black Canary and Green Arrow. Um, you know, that'll have to happen. We already know <laughs> how the fans feel about that one. Uh, you know, so eventually someday when we see those, those characters, um, you'll see that. Aside from that, I would love to see, again, a callback to Justice League uh, animated universe. I would love to see Ezra Miller's Flash, you know, really have a thing for Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. I, I just think that would be a lot of fun to kind of watch that interaction. That just kind of reminds me of Lego and the Lego Justice League universe where it's always Green Lantern and Flash bickering over Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So aside from that, like, I don't know. Um, I guess we'd have to have some. Uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just looking forward to more Superman and Lois Lane. They've done such a good job with that. I just want to see that go further. Yeah, that, that is a that's a great interaction between those two. I really enjoyed that from the two movies we had. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe from Suicide Squad, would you want to see anything? Um, I do want to see Boomerang and Katana. <laughs> <laughs> just because, just because it was just too funny. You got a boyfriend? <laughs> oh, uh, nah, no, that's it. I don't really. I'm not a big shipper, so mm-hmm. you know, doesn't matter to me. But yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, I just can't wait till we see the big screen Felicity and Green Arrow hook up. Oh, shut up, shut up. Okay, <laughs> no, because you're gonna enrage one fan base or the other, and we don't need that right now. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so so do we want to want to call it there? Let's I guess call, we'll call it. We're there, calling so. it. Yeah. Okay, guys. So like we said, um, we just have enough time to do a little bit tonight. So we're going to, we will get to every single person's question here within the next, you know, couple weeks here. We're going to record more of this. Hopefully we get it in one episode. If not, it'll be a couple more. So, uh, so that's it for part one of the all listener Q&A show. Ooh, we have a sequel. Ooh, a sequel. Should we call this a trilogy? <laughs> we can't commit to any, we're kind of like the DCEU right now. We really don't know what the plans are yet, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll see what, we'll see how it goes yeah i mean who knows i i, I may pull the plug on scott and, and bring in jordan or something you know maybe it'll be like uh, tim and jordan next week bringing a new host it's all up to you scott whatever whatever i'm gonna step away so that the show can be the best it's gonna be and i'm just gonna concentrate <laughs> on other parts of my career thank you very yeah. much <laughs> thank you anyway so guys that's it um we're gonna call this one a night and uh you know like we said uh, apologize for not being here with a live episode for whatever the hell happened this past week <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will be back the following week. So, guys, as we always say, what do we say, Scott? Keep reading DC. See you guys. And eat more bacon.
Hey, Scott, guess what? <laughs> we never told them how to reach us. We, we didn't do a little bit at the end here. Like, you know, you can reach us at suicidesquadcast.com. Oh, oh, okay. No, no, no. It does not matter. They sent us questions. They obviously can reach us. I mean... Yeah, but what if it's a new listener who's never reached us before? Okay, we don't need any more questions. That We're done. Done. Are, I mean, do we want our listeners to reach out to us anymore? If you... Mm, mm, no, no, no more. No more reaching out. No more. No. We're no more reaching out. No more reaching That's out. That's it. Sorry. We're done. No. <laughs> just for this week, guys. Because you know what? We're tired. We're achy. Stop making excuses. You're just... Yep. No. Bye-bye. We never said like how, yeah, we never said how to reach us. Does that matter? No, it does not matter. Okay. They know how to reach us. Or, or, or do they? Well, they Freaking A. They, We're the suicide, we are the suicide squad cast. They know how to reach us. Well, they did send us the question, <laughs> so obviously they could reach us one way or the other. That's true. Yeah. I mean, the people listening to our show, if like they don't know how to reach us, uh, I guess that's on us. No, no. It's on them, Tim. It's on them. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs>